Hello, everybody. It's Dr. Sophie back again with a weekly podcast. And this week, we have some really interesting topics. But what really concerns me is that I think a lot of people don't understand this topic that we're going to talk about today. And, and I think it's something that we really need to understand fully, because even though it's a scary sounding topic and there's not a lot of positive things that we see around this, I do think we need to better understand it so we understand what draws the people to do the kinds of things that these types of individuals do. And is it a bad thing? Is it coming from a strength-based place that we should just look at and maybe change it into something else? Are there warning signs that we can see within our children that were present and we ignored? Or are there things we can learn today that if we navigate differently will end us up in a better place? But the bottom line is we're talking gangs today and we're talking about gangs on every level because I'm not a firm believer that they formulate for no reason. They're coming about for a reason and I think that the issue needs to be fully understood. Why are they there? What draws people to them? Are there things within our children that we're doing to set them up to go that route? Is it a really, is it a phenomenon that we really have control over or is it really something that's much more culturally ingrained or ethically ingrained? I want to talk about that stuff today. one sophie now one sophie now Call in, and we're going to have a really fun and interesting and well-versed expert to talk about this with me, answer your calls, your voicemails, your emails. But we're talking gangs today, one eight five five sophie now or one eight five five seven six seven four nine six six. And remember, every caller gets a free copy of my book, Side by Side, the Mother-Daughter Conflict Resolution Book, one eight five five sophie now We're talking gangs. Welcome back. And today, my guest expert is a really interesting man. His name is Michael O'Sullivan. He serves as the Voice of America West Coast Bureau Chief. He covers a lot of topics, but specifically he covers politics, entertainment, and other topics. Mike has reported on the Seattle uh, WTO riots, border issues, environmental and cultural disputes in Alaska, Hurricane Katrina, the Haitian earthquake, really great big stuff within the world. So he's, he's been around, he's been in the middle of a, a lot of these important and earth-shattering, world-changing, life-changing events. And so we're going to talk to him today and get his perspective on gangs because I want to know what he thinks because I think he's doing a story. He's going to talk a little bit about a story that he's doing. But I want to see what he's learning about gangs because I think that gangs have a reason for their formulation. And I want to know what that is. And I also want to know, is there stuff we should be telling our parents about kids so that as they're raising their children, they're looking at things that maybe they can change a little bit and have a better outcome. So, Michael, are you there? I'm here, Dr. Sophie. Yeah, nice, nice to be with you. Thank you for giving me your time and, and all of your expertise. We're going to talk about gangs today, but I want to talk about you a little bit. So yeah. you're doing a story on gangs? I am, and you know, this came up uh, a little over a week ago, and uh, periodically I've, I've been doing this uh, in L.A., uh, reporting on various topics since the 80s, and every couple of years, you know, I delve into the gang issue again, and it just keeps going, you know, people that... 20 years ago, we're talking about gang abatement problems and how they were finally going to get the, you know, the issue under control. And the gangs have been around for just uh, literally generations, and they just keep going and, uh, you know, apparently are, are growing yeah. uh, and getting more violent. And so I, about, about uh, 10 days ago, Tom Hayden, who's the former student radical and former uh, California state legislator uh, and has been involved in this uh, gang issue as, as a politician, did an article 
article in the Nation magazine talking about the links between these Salvadoran gangs in Los Angeles and in El Salvador, where they are very violent. And there's mm-hmm. kind of a revolving door because of the deportations. And, you know, the gangs were basically created here and then grew up in El Salvador, where they became very violent. But uh, now the the uh, gang leaders in both places are trying to achieve a, a truce, and, and they've wow. got the Catholic Church involved, uh, both here and there, and they've got the uh, Salvadoran uh, government involved in the background in the talks. So, uh, I mean, it's, it's an endemic problem. It's, it's uh, uh, spreading. But uh, as I say, I'm, I'm, I'm less of an expert than somebody who talks to the experts, and, and, and I've just jumped into this issue again in the past uh, week or so. Well, it's interesting, because I was reading a couple statistics, and, and some of the statistics say that there are children as young as eight that are in a gang. Yeah, well, I'm not, I'm not surprised. Uh, and uh, it, it, now talking about El Salvador, I talked to a fellow uh, a couple of days ago who has been involved because he was deported. He's now in this country. Uh, he's, he's got uh, political asylum here. Uh, he is ironically under indictment. The FBI uh, alleges that he's part of a gang conspiracy, although he's mm. a gang intervention worker. But he describes how uh, in El Salvador, especially some of the y- very young kids who are street kids, kids who just have no support, uh, and there's no social safety net at all down there, uh, except for private charities and the church. Uh, but they get drawn in because they, they get support. But in, in our neighborhoods here, you, you know, uh, minority neighborhoods in the inner city, you get a lot of broken families, you have multi-generation gang members, and so a lot of these kids are basically on their own. And, and 10 years old, 11 years old, and I'm sure 8 years old, some of them become affiliated with the gangs, and eventually, uh, you know, they're used as lookouts for the police, uh, and uh, eventually they, they become full members and get involved in the narcotics trade or in the violence and retaliation against other gangs and all the rest of it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really a very interesting culture because there's a lot of thought that goes into it. There's a lot of behaviors that go into it, and it's almost similar to, like, joining a family. And, it, and is it any different? Somebody had said to me the other day, I had gotten a, uh email from somebody asking me, did I think there was a difference between somebody in a lower socioeconomic class joining a gang versus a higher socioeconomic class kid joining a fraternity? Well, you know, that's an interesting question because they have a lot of the same uh, rituals and initiation rites, although they tend to be, you know, you know more, more violent. Right. Uh, an initiation could be shooting a rival gang member. But you, you get the same kind of support. And what this fellow, who, the gang intervention worker who's been uh, involved since the 80s, he's now 40 years old, uh, in a Salvadoran gang uh, called MS-13, uh, he said ba- basically... Uh, you know, they, those kids were, were bullied. They were picked on by members of uh, Mexican-American and uh, African-American gangs. And they basically, in the 1980s, formed these gangs in the Pico Union District, Salvadoran and Central American District of Los Angeles, for protection and support. And then they got involved in illegal activities and, you know, turf wars and, and violence. And, and it's just mushroomed from there. But initially, it was, uh, you know, it was, it was a... Uh, it was a group that provided them with some security and support. Right. And the connection that somebody was, they were trying to draw through this fraternity thing was, well, you know, you have to join a fraternity and sometimes you're humiliated and, you know, you're drunk or you're forced to have sex on some level or whatever it is, something violent. And is there, very, is there really a difference between joining a gang where you have to do some violence, either fighting other members 
or being forced to have sex or whatever your initiation is, it's a group that you're trying to join. You've got to jump through the hoops and follow those rules to kind of meet the standards. That's right. And, you know, it, 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 it reminds me, I did a story on, uh, on the uh, Marine uh, Corps recruit depot uh, outside uh, San Diego or in San Diego. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a, an odd comparison to make. But what they do there, they bring in these re- recruits and they try to uh, sort of throw them off guard and, um, and break down their old uh, personality right, and allegiances right. in some ways and, and build up something new. Now, you can say that's a more a, a positive way to do it, but it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a, an acculturation and an initiation yeah, process that they yeah. go through in basic training. Absolutely. You're still breaking somebody's psyche down and rebuilding them up. That's right. That, that's exactly what they do. It's interesting. And, and, you know, some of the reasons I was reading people join gangs is to belong to a group is the biggest. That's the number one reason people belong to a gang or try to belong because... I think they're looking for their family, and a lot of times when I handle a gang member as a patient or whatever, it's because they've been lost as a kid, and they're just looking for some acceptance and some, you know, support system that they want to build, and they're smart enough to go out and oftentimes build their own, but in this way, and it's often dangerous. That's right, and and the the I mean I guess there are two levels to the problem. One is psychological, and as you're, as you're saying, people looking for a family, and then there's the social issue with you know areas where the the parents might be, the father might be incarcerated, uh, and and the the mother might be on drugs, and there's just no other. There are no role models, very limited uh, job opportunities or uh, 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 job training opportunities, right. without just staying on the straight and narrow and staying in school, which some kids managed to do, but there were so many things kind of pulling them out in the other direction in some of those neighborhoods. Yeah, it's it's really a very interesting phenomenon. And then then when they do join a gang, the things that happen, you know, you have to do your initiation, and then you have to then get into the practice of your territory and learn the language and the sign language and wear the certain clothes. And, you know, it, it just further reinforces that you belong somewhere. And it, it's a misnomer because I think a lot of people then start to feel safe within that and they think they found home. But really, it becomes a hugely dangerous situation. You know, and I talked to a couple of guys. I, I actually ran into them on, on the street outside uh, Homeboy Industries, which is one of the, uh, yeah. the charities uh, yeah. operated by a Catholic priest, Father Greg Boyle, in Los Angeles. And these guys were involved in Homeboy Industries. The one guy was 46 years old, and the other guy was, was nearly as old. And they have been involved in gangs basically all their life. And they've been to prison, and, and of course, the, the California prison system is just a hotbed for gang activities. Right. And, and they say it's crazy you get in there, and you have to align with one of the groups or another, or you know you have to be aligned with someone. And and even the regular gang affiliations break down because they say in in prison you're either a, a Southern California Mexican, uh, the Serenios, or a Northern California Mexican, the Norteños, and you have to be part of this group for security. But then there's a whole thing of. Uh, signs, hand signs, and graffiti, and of course these guys are always tattooed, have, have the gang tattoos, and part of the process of getting them out is tattoo removal, uh, but it's, uh, it's an, it becomes an all-encompassing thing. Right, it, it is their job, it is their family, and you just don't defect from it. That's right. And now what some of these people will say is, I mean, some, some of these gangs apparently don't allow defections. 
Others uh, will say, okay, if you reach a certain stage in your life, you're getting older, you've got kids, you want to go straight, you know, they'll they'll tolerate it and and they'll leave people alone. Oh, they will. But, that's interesting. Uh, well, well, well I'm, that's what I'm hearing, and and you know the the people down at Homeboy Industries, uh, some of these people are sort of partially affiliated with the gangs, and they're trying to pull themselves out, and and some of them do it successfully, and these gang intervention workers have done it, and they occupy kind of a a middle ground between the active gang members. Uh, and, and they are theoretically former gang members, but then they sometimes get into trouble because, uh, you know, there have been uh, gang intervention workers who have basically pulled out of the gangs who are then rearrested. And, you, you know, they say, well, they're being set up, but in some cases they've been arrested for, um, for drug dealing and that kind of thing, and it was clear they were not completely out of the, out of the gang activities. Right. It's, it's really interesting. I got a tweet this morning from someone that said that she's the sister of a sergeant in homicide and she felt that all gang members should be walled off and let them have at each other. They're cowards and they're a waste to society. I don't necessarily know how people would feel about that. I mean, what do you think when you hear that? Well, the problem is that the gangs are such an integrated part of some of these communities. Uh, you know, I did a, a story recently on the 20th anniversary of the L.A. riots, right. and there is an African-American guy who runs a pharmacy, and his business was burned down in the 92 riots uh, because he, he was actually, it was connected to a liquor store owned by a Korean merchant, and they went, they didn't go after his business, they went after hers, but his business was, uh, was, uh, was burned down. He rebuilt it, but I went back and I, I revisited him uh, just a few weeks ago, and um, yeah, I asked him about crime in his neighborhood, and he said, well, you know, the, the kids of the neighborhood basically look after me. He said, yeah, some of them are gang members, but these are people, I've known their families, I, I've known them since they were young kids, and they basically take care of me. And there is that sense that it's almost like a local militia, but it's an integrated part of the community. And some of the, of, of the gang members, I mean, some, they just get involved in minor stuff. They drink, they you do graffiti, they uh, maybe fight once in a while. Uh, some of the cliques or factions are much more violent. And so you get a whole range of people who are involved in different kinds of gangs or have different levels of involvement, but there's so, such a big part of the community that everybody has some contact with the gangs. They have right, a cousin right. or an uncle or, you know, a father used to be a member. So it's, 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 you just can't separate them through some kind of comprehensive approach from some, some of the communities. Right. They're very integrated, and it trickles out into many different layers. There's lots of roots, and I think really the better thing to do is be able to engage with them and become almost connected like the pharmacist guy and, and really build on the things that they can add to the community from support to strength to protection so that it can be changed from a negative perspective to more of a strength and positive perspective for the community because I don't think they're going to go away. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And, you know, talking to Tom Hayden, uh, who's, who's, who has remained actively involved in this, uh, he says it's a question, uh, both in a country like El Salvador and here in a place like L.A. or New York or other places where the gangs have spread, is uh, do you want to involve some of the guys who are older, who are, who are more intelligent, uh, who have natural leadership abilities, who are saying, uh, like, like some of these interventionists, who say, you know, we need to be involved in the solution. Right, absolutely. And, 
Yeah, and 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 in, you know some some of the police are, are saying no. The LAPD apparently is coming around these days and saying the interventionists have a place, uh, but some law enforcement people are still very skeptical. Yeah, and I, I get that. I think the issue is though that we have to be smart and see that a lot of the gangs are going to trust the people they know. And, That's right. and they're going to hear them, and they're going to be a lot safer emotionally, at least, to hear and make the change or adhere to some of the information. That's right. It's all about personal relationships. And if you've known somebody, you know, since since you were a kid, right. uh, well, like the, the, the pharmacy owner I, I uh, was uh, talking about, he says, these guys don't bother. In fact, they watch out for him because he's just been, they're all part of the same neighborhood. Exactly. And you know what? They're going to hear people, like, like I said, that they trust. And that's where change and the change agent is that person, because they're not going to listen to authority on any level. That's right. And, and you wonder, I mean, you, we, we need more job training uh, and more activities, sports activities or right. whatever for the kids in these neighborhoods. But, but, but they need alternatives to the gangs. I yeah. think that's the key. That is the key. The key is, honestly, the core is building families in a lot of the neighborhoods that you're seeing gangs popping up in, because that's a signal to us as a society that these families need support to stay together. And they're not. And that's why these, their members are flying out into the streets and becoming their own families. And I think the safer we make it once they become a gang that they can, you know, integrate into the society, whether it's job training that's on a much more palatable level for them versus um, more activities for kids, and then at the core, build families so that this doesn't really have to happen. That's, that's what I think has to be done. That's right, because so many of the, the parents are, are, you know, they go in and out of prison, they're involved in, in drugs, and, and they're right. former gang members right. or present gang members themselves, and it's just a, a self-perpetuating problem. Absolutely, and you know, every kid loves their parents, whether they hate them at some developmental time like they're supposed to, but every family, really, they love each other, they may not like each other. And That's I think right. that our job, from a government perspective or a society perspective, is to really help families stay together so that we don't have a lot of these problems. People are on drugs, yes, people are using whatever, and but I think they're symptoms of other things that we should look at so that we can eradicate some of this stuff and families can stay safer together. Yeah, yeah right. I mean, that's a good point. All right, we got a uh, caller who wants to uh, ask you a question. Hold on. Jeff, Jeff, are you there? Hey, Dr. Sophie. My, my question is this. I've got a 12-year-old son, and he's got a group of friends. I know it's not a gang. I know it's not a gang, but they go out every, you know, Friday, Saturday night. They hang around on Main Street. They, I don't really know what they're doing, but I know that... Um, Certainly, the movie theaters and in restaurants, they kind of just loiter outside. I don't like, I don't love all the, the, the kids in these groups, in this group. Is, should I be at all concerned? Is this something that he'll grow out of when he gets a little older? Would just start hanging out other places? Or, or is this something, is there, is there, are there some actions I should take to kind of make sure this doesn't turn into something worse? Michael, what do you think? Well, I mean, this, this is a big question, and I, I think back to my own adolescence, you know, you're kind of hanging around with friends, you're getting into a little bit of trouble, but I'm, I'm lucky I was not in the kind of neighborhood where, where there were, at, at, at that time, you know, there was not a lot in the way of drugs, uh, and the, the kind of trouble they were, we were getting into was just uh, some underage drinking, nothing too serious. But if you're in a neighborhood where, where the trouble kids get into is, you know, and it, it depends on the neighborhood and the kids, and uh, I mean, it's, it's, that's a risky time uh, 12 you know through through adolescence that's that's risky but i i don't know i'll but i'll dr sophie has more insight into this i think than i do yeah i mean the one thing i would say uh jeff is that you have to really see 
and and put parameters around what your son is doing. I mean, is he out at, at the wrong time of night? Are you not comfortable with the hours that he's out? Are you guys supervising him? Because, you know, you you got to understand that most gangs form or most children go into those places because they're not rooted at home and they're not rooted at home physically or emotionally. So take a look at that. And if you really are not comfortable with what he's doing, you are the parent and you need to kind of wrangle that in and put better parameters on that. And that may mean spending more time with your child so that he's not just kind of bored at home, quote unquote, and you're doing stuff with him. But that's the the real thing you got to look at. Is he roaming out of the house because he's looking for a place to belong? Yeah. And the problem is whenever you, whenever I try to, to kind of rein him in and, and, and try to propose we do different things or, or he not hang out with those friends on a Friday or Saturday night, that's when he gets really upset. And and just kind of shut down and doesn't want to do anything with me. Yeah. So I find it's a hard kind of balance. Well, right. That's what he's supposed to do. That's what a you know almost you know adolescent almost teenager does. But the key is to you know pull him into it. And this is how you do it. You don't plan it and say you know I don't want you hanging out with them and I don't want you doing this. I want you to do this. Just say you know in two weeks from now we're going to be going here on Friday night and then there on Saturday night. So just so you get it in your schedule. That way he has time to plan. It's not dumped on him. It has nothing to do with his friends and not hanging out. And he'll go because he has to go. And then before you know it, he enjoys himself. And you keep that up. And you keep doing different things with him so that you then slowly pull him away from that piece where he's hanging out. That's the better way to do it. Otherwise, he's going to clamp down. He's supposed to clamp down. He's supposed to resist and rebel. And you're giving him a reason. This way you don't give him a reason. You just kind of say, hey, you know what? This is what we're doing as a family or this is what you and I are going to do. We're going to go away. We're going to fish. We're going overnight. And before you know it, he's he's back integrated and connected with his family of origin and he's not out on the streets. Okay. Do I have anything to worry about if if these kids all of a sudden get get angry that he's not hanging out with them? Well, I think, you know, do you know, if you know the parents of these kids, then you kind of have an idea and a sense of, you know, how, what they do. But I don't know. I mean, Michael, what would you say? Look at maybe, do they have a criminal background themselves? Have they been in trouble before? And even if they have, I don't know, is there really anything to do, Michael? Well, yeah, yeah, peer, I think the peer group is so important. And, and, you know, I just, again, thinking back to my own situation in high school, there were these different cliques, and it, it all depends which group you got involved with as to right. what kind of activities you got right. involved with. And I'm lucky that there was not a lot of really wild stuff going on in my school, but, you know, had, had there been, some of the kids would have been involved in it. And, and, and another thing I've picked up just from interviewing people over the years is that some activities, and I, I don't want to name drop, but I, one of the guys I interviewed was was the action star Adolf Lundgren, who has a very oh, interesting background. He's a Swedish guy, a very smart guy, but he, he got a master's degree in chemical engineering and was an MIT uh, Fulbright scholar when he got involved in, in uh, films. But he said the thing that really kept him on the straight and narrow uh, uh, growing up was getting involved in martial arts. He became a, a, a European karate champion. And uh, you speak to a lot of people who get involved in activities like that, and that keeps them focused, and it gives them a new uh, kind of focused peer group to get involved with. And I think, I think a lot of those activities are very healthy. Yeah, it really is. It, it just kind of like distracts them, and they go into the real right place where they're supposed to be. So just like your child will transition back into his family of origin and more time with you guys, the gangs and these other people will also integrate into the places where they're supposed to be. They're just kind of really out there because I think they're lost and they don't have their roots at home. And I think, you know, Jeff, you got to also understand a lot of the reason kids especially join a gang 
is because they are really looking for a group to belong, a group to support them. They want some protection. They feel it's more like a family tradition for them. They want more friends. They feel they're popular. So these are reasons that I think you need to look at with your child. And, and are there things lacking within the connection within his family that he's outside looking for? And I'm certain you can give them to him in a different way. All right. All right. Thank you guys very much. I appreciate it. You're welcome. See, I think, uh, Michael, a lot, of, uh, fa- a lot of families, parents, especially, you know, single parents even more, have a problem keeping their children occupied at home, connected, especially at this age of like 10 through about 18 when it's tough. And if you haven't done the groundwork with building your child and their self-esteem and their self-respect and the parameters and, and really establishing discipline and understanding and respect between you and your child, they're going to they're going to go off and where they're going to go are these kinds of places. So I think it's really important for parents to understand that you have to really be careful. Well, and it's tough today because there are just so many temptations, and and even in you know exclusive private schools, you get uh, drug problems, and you just I mean, there's no way you can lock the kids up. <laughs> right. You know, you may be tempted to, but uh, but they're out there, and you have to give them some kind of grounding, uh, you know, and 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 um, you know, give them the skills they need to negotiate all these many uh, these uh, pitfalls of of adolescence. Right, and and I mean, the bottom line is that. Kids are going to be kids. There's, and in this day and age, there are, like you said, a ton of distractions. Walking home from school, there are, many kids are offered drugs every day. And that's starting at an early age. And so if you have disconnected home or your, your home is upside down or you're not emotionally connected to your child, they're going to stray away because they're, that's the basic nature of a child. They want a connection. They want to be protected and, and felt like they're revered and they're loved and they're they're interesting and they're wanted and if they're not wanted at home they're going to go somewhere else yeah and and there's a there's a natural tension in adolescence that kids want to assert their independence and right. they pull away a bit from their parents right but at that point when they're they want to hang out more with their friends which may be fine but you they need to have those skills and they need to have a good peer group so they're not drawn into some of these really destructive activities right and i and i do think the pull for the destructive side is because the home has been upside down for enough of a period of time that that child is used to that kind of interaction but also is angry from it i think so, so yeah that makes uh, perfect sense all right we got a, a voicemail from uh a caller from earlier today hold on one sec Sophie, um, I'm calling about um, my husband who's involved in a gang, and I'm concerned for my children and myself as his involvement is getting more, and um, I fear for, for us, and I just needed some advice as to how to potentially get out of it and um, be able to protect my kids and myself. Um, thank you so much. I appreciate your help. Bye-bye. Wow, that sounds kind of scary. That does, and 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 you know, you you wonder what somebody, and there are a lot of people in that situation, yeah. should do. And I guess you, know, you basically you you have to search out one of the uh, uh, organizations that have former gang members and and get some some guidance there. Right. But, uh, beyond that, I I I'm not sure what to say. Well, I think you know what I would say is that you let if you're threatened by a gang or you feel threatened, you don't overreact. You stay cool. You let the police know if you really feel that you're unsafe or your school officials for your kids. They're the kinds of things. Uh, be sure that she's not dressing in a way that will send a signal to a gang. Those are the kinds of also really interesting things that you need to know. They're subtle, but they send messages. 
And then, you know, again, not being afraid. So like you said, go talk to these non-gang related or ex-gang people who have really turned the corner who can give her some insight, some understanding and some better ways to protect herself and her child. But I'm at least glad she's on top of it and at least making sure that she's doing what she can. And school is the place to start for the kids. Make sure that they know and that they're safe. But I think there's a lot of people in this boat, like you said. And, uh, you know, it's fear. It's scary because I think the statistics I read most, they're much more men into gangs than women. Yeah, yeah. Although there are there are female cliques in some of the gangs, but it's it seems to be. And I, you know, I've been to a, a conference uh, of uh, Latino leaders talking about uh, one of the problems in in the uh, Hispanic community is that girls are often raised fairly uh, strictly, and they're kept on the straight and narrow, and they get their college degree, or they become teachers or social workers, and their their brothers or their cousins. Uh, are given a little more free reign and sometimes get involved in neighborhood gangs and and go down a negative path. So right. uh, that's I think that's it's a real problem, uh, especially for the for the young guys. Yeah, because there again, it just is proving that you have two kids in one house, one that's on a track and parented differently than the other, and the one who's parented the more traditional way ends up with a degree in college and life, and the other one ends up on the street in a gang because they're kind of not connected in the way that they should. So, I mean, it just keeps going to show and prove the fact that the more you're on top of your child, the more you're connected to your child physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, whatever, psychologically, the better the outcome and the less chance you're going to have a child who's going to stray into the streets. Mm -hmm. Interesting. All right, we got another voicemail. Let's take that one. Hey, Dr. Sophie, my name is Tiago. Uh, I'm calling because I have a friend who's in a gang, and he's been in a gang for a few years. And um, he told me that he wants to get out, but I don't think anyone else knows. And uh, I think he's really scared that if he tries to get out, something bad might happen to him. And uh, he doesn't know what to do, but he's my really good friend, and I want to help him out. But I'm afraid that if I help out, that I might get involved in some way, too. And and uh, I might get caught up in it, and, and something might happen to me. So I just don't know what to do for him, and I, I want to help him, and I, I want to know if you had any advice. Thank you, thank you. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. What do you think? And, well, the thing that comes to mind is a group like uh, Homeboy Industries and fa Father Greg Boyle, who who understands this problem, and and it's it's a delicate issue because there are some gangs that you know you you can't say I, wa I want to get out right uh, and so uh, but he needs to talk to somebody who knows the terrain very well and that's somebody like uh, Father Boyle down at Home Homeboy Industries and I'm sure there are others in in similar positions absolutely and I also think that you know to protect himself and his own family I wouldn't get that involved I would refer him to like you said a group that has that expertise that has made that transition they went in and now they're back out but that there's another group you know there's always the police there's always the ways to help your friend from far away without getting yourself or your family involved because it is probably a threat don't you think that he should worry about that if the group gang felt they he was pulling one of their members away they could retaliate yeah, absolutely, and it depends on the gang uh, and the level of violence, but uh, I, it's something you have to be very careful with, I think. I do, too. Okay, let's do one more voicemail. Hey, Dr. Sophie, this is Tom. I have a question about gangs and my son. We, um, My family moved last summer, and my son changed high schools. He just is finishing up his junior year in a new high school, and I noticed this past year, about midway through the year, that his circle of friends was starting to change, and... 
I suspected um, most recently that a couple of the boys that he's friendly with, not best friends, but he's friendly with them, um, to me look like bad news. And whether or not they're in gangs or bad news or heading that way, I don't know. Um, but I'm, I'm calling to find out what I might do. I don't want to come down hard and just tell my son, no, you can't hang out with these guys, because I feel that might backfire, and he may want to hang out with them even more. But I don't want him to be with these other kids. I, I feel they're bad news. Even if they're not in a gang, they're, they're not the kind of kids I want my son to be hanging out with. So I'd, I'd like your advice as to how I might approach this with my son. Thanks. Interesting. You go first, Mike. Well, it's a, it's a tough problem. And, uh, you know, some, some teachers and some schools are more involved in this issue than others. But, uh, you know, one possibility is just to feel out his teacher, see, see how well they know these uh, particular kids. Uh, what the teacher or guidance counselor, people in the school who know who know the group dynamics, uh, think about the issue, and I, you know, and one of the problems is that you know kids are are stubborn, and and if you say, listen, I want you hanging around with these guys, it may not do any good. Right. So it's it's a tough problem. Well, yeah, and I think again. This dad needs to take a look at the fact that they moved. This kid is probably going through a separation or a transition, and he's not feeling like he's belonging anywhere. And mm -hmm. so there's something going on maybe at home that they could try differently. Not that they're doing something wrong. They're just probably not aware of the fact that this boy, who is at a certain developmental stage, really needs some guidance, some role modeling, and some connection, and he's hungry for it, and he's smart enough to go find it somewhere else. But I do think that, you know, like you said, going to the schools is a key thing. And, and there's a lot of gang prevention out there in a lot of the schools. Have you run into any of that anywhere? Well, I know there are a lot of programs, and there's yeah. funding. The city has funding. There's federal funding. Uh, uh, and, and, and there are a lot of school-based programs. There are community-based programs. So, so uh, yeah, find out if there's something like that uh, operating in the school. Yeah, because I think that really starts to speak to them in a place where they are able to hear things better than maybe at home. But at the end of the day, I think the bottom line is that you got to jump in, you got to prevent, and you got to really raise awareness especially when you have a child like this who just recently moved and had a, a huge change in their life. That's right, and, and needs, some, needs, needs some kind of support from the kids around him and, and may get involved with the wrong kind of kids. Yes, exactly. And, and also, one of the other things that was really very interesting to me is I ran into a gang member that I had met and treated, and he was showing me how they do do things that support the community. They'll have different kinds of... of you know, not a bake sale, but they'll do different activities that raise money and they give back to the community, but they don't give back where it's really ever known. And I think there are a lot of gangs out there that are trying to do things in a positive way because not all of them are in a bad way. And I don't think it ever gets recognized. And that's the kind of turnaround that needs to happen where we look at what a gang is formulated by and for and be able to turn that into a strength-based place and a, a strength-based model and be able to let what they do come forward in a positive way. Yeah, you know, I, I met a very interesting guy when I was doing the story on the 20th anniversary of the L.A. riots, and he is a um, Korean-American. He was a Korean orphan who was adopted by an African-American couple and grew up in South L.A. He's now a high-ranking guy in the uh, L.A. Fire Department. And uh, he said, uh, you know, when he was growing up, there were some gang members who would... Uh, kind of pick on him and beat him up, and there were others who were his friends and were protecting him. And the fact is, not all bad mem gang members are, are bad guys, right. but they're in a, in a very vulnerable place, and they exactly. can be led into these uh, negative activities. Exactly, and, and some of their, their creativity, the, the graffiti, the art is unbelievable, it just needs to be channeled in a positive way. 
That's right, and, and pe- people have done it. You know, the graffiti art is 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 a developed art form, and uh, and some of these guys are very talented. Absolutely, and I mean, like, I find that to be very interesting because, like, there are great things inside of every one of us, and they need to be brought out in a positive way. And I think because families of origin are sometimes in such turmoil that these children go on to paths that really lead them to bad places while they still have all that good stuff inside of them. That's right. And what you realize is that at any given group of people, you're going to have some who are very bright and very talented, who have leadership skills, right. and, and they may not have, you know, in other situations, they might join the military and rise up through the ranks, or they might, you know, join a, a company and, and do well, but they don't see those opportunities, and so they get into uh, gangs, and with any, with any luck and with the right circumstances, they can be pulled out, and, and you can use their talents more constructively. Absolutely. Michael O'Sullivan, the West Coast Bureau Chief of Voice of America, I really appreciate your time. Thank you very much, Dr. Sophia. I've enjoyed it. Will you let us know when your story comes out? Absolutely, yes. Thank you very much. should be in a week or so. All right. We'll look forward to that. Just tweet us and we'll we'll look for it. Thanks a lot. Thank you. So that's uh, our talk on gangs a little bit. I want to further that discussion. I'm going to try to get some uh, gang experts on here and bring Michael back and have you guys start to uh, hear both sides of this story, people that were in it that have transitioned out, what they went in it for, because I think there's more to know about the gang situation, because I think as families, we need to have a better understanding of what is leading our children right out our front door with great strengths inside of them, talents, creativity, intelligence, but it's not going in the right place. And I think that we need to take a look at that. And we're going to have them back. And, uh, we also heard a lot about gangs, like what brings a, a person to want to join a gang and, and what kinds of things really entice them, like wanting to belong to a family or wanting some support or wanting to be loved or wanting to be accepted. All those kinds of things that should be done at home are not, and then your child is walking out your front door. We also had some voicemails from a few people who are concerned about either a family member or a friend who's in a gang. They don't know how to get involved. They don't want to really get involved, but they want to protect themselves, their children, or their friend. And we talked a lot about uh, those the, the kinds of things to do about protecting yourself or helping somebody. And it's really never overreacting. Allow yourself to go to the police because remember, at the end of the day, they are the ultimate people here that are running the show. Never try to take it all into your own hands. Don't be a wannabe. Don't try to dress like the gang because you just are scared and you don't know what else to do. If you don't really believe in it, don't do it. Stand up for yourself. Get involved in gang, uh, anti-gang related activities. There's a lot of prevention programs out there that you can get involved in and show these gangs that that you're not afraid of them because that's the biggest issue that many people feel they're stuck in something or their family member is stuck in something. You can pull your family member into a way that that will help them take the stuff that they've learned, even the stuff that they've learned from being in the gang into a positive place in their life. So there are ways to deal with these things. There are ways to look at trying to prevent that. There are ways to build families so that we don't end up with our children walking out our front door and we don't even know it. So thank you for joining me today, and it was a very interesting discussion on gangs. Uh, 1-855-SOPHIE-NOW is the number to call whenever you have something to say, something you want me to talk about, or an opinion about something that's been done. And you can follow me on Twitter, follow me on Facebook, and of course on my website at www.drsophie.com www.drsophie.com get a copy of my book side by side the revolutionary mother-daughter conflict resolution book who does not need that 
and always download the full version of Andy Grammer's Keep Your Head Up. It's a great song. And of all things, don't ever forget the sweep. But you got to keep your head up. Oh, and you can let your head down. Hey, you got to keep your head up. Oh, and you can let your head down. Hey, I know it's hard. 